Hi, I'm Aubrey Charette. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Please subscribe for updates and new episodes to this podcast. Also, you can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Join us each Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live. Be sure to like or follow our page while you're there. Hey, uh, I was thinking about an illustration uh, this week, and I brought it with me today. Uh, It is back to school time. We've had our our students back in school and grateful for that. And I was thinking this week uh, about one of these. Now, this is pretty nostalgic for some of us in the room, the cafeteria tray, right? And I love it. Just holding it in my hands brings back some memories. And I don't know when the last time you've had a school lunch in a cafeteria, but it is a sight to behold. Uh, When I get to go visit my kids there and see, and you know, everything's got its compartment. You know, you've got your milk over here, and not like a bowl of milk, you know, your carton of milk there, and you got your stuff here and your main dish, and you've got a section for everything. And I don't know about you, there's at least a couple people, at least one living in my house, that would probably prefer that every meal be eaten on one of these, right? You know that person, you don't have to look at them right now, but that person where they don't want anything to touch. They don't want the juices from this thing flowing into this thing. Even though, in just a moment, as they consume them, everything's touching in here. Out here, it's very important. They might eat one thing at a time in each little square, and they're very happy because nothing is touching. Some of you are nodding. I see you. I know who you are, right? I understand that. And if it was socially acceptable, some of you, at every meal, you would bring out your tray and you would, you know, but you just get over it. Instead, you put things as far away on the plate as possible. I was thinking of this analogy, though, this week, because I think for a lot of us, this is how we live. We live where we think of our lives kind of like this, and what we really want to do, because it makes us feel safe, and it makes us feel like we can have everything in our own little section. It's how we live our life. And what really stresses us out, we don't want our work section to touch our family section, to touch our church section, to touch our... Because everything has its space and none of the juices are flowing into the other juices. And as long as everything stays exactly where we put it, we're living the good life. <laughs> we're doing okay. But, but I'm just here to tell you today, and, and really we're going to begin a series starting today, and we've called this series Jesus and. Jesus and. And what we are going to be doing over these next few weeks is talking about this kind of idea of how many of us live, not just our our lives, but our faith in Christ. That we may show up and give God our Sunday part, but then, oh, no, 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 I need my my, my work time and my family time and my, don't you dare, Jesus, come from this section over into my Friday night section, because you know I got to, right, right, that's how we, whether we realize it or not, whether we admit it or not, that's how we live our lives. And Jesus said, when he was asked a really important question, a question I think is really profound, uh, they asked him, Jesus, what is the most important commandment of all? Of everything written in the Old Testament, that's a lot of stuff. Jesus, what is the most important thing? And he said, to love the Lord your God with all. Not a section, not a part, not this. No, love him with all. And I don't know about you, I, sometimes I, I'm still figuring out what that means. But, but most importantly today, as we begin this series, we're going to start uh, and we're going to talk about Jesus and my perspective. And really, today's uh, message is to help propel us into these next uh, four weeks when we're going to be focusing in on this idea because the truth for us is this, is that you cannot compartmentalize 
obedience. You, you can't compartmentalize obedience. You can't say to God, I'll obey you with this part of my life, but not this part. You can have my silverware slot, but you can't have over here. I can't have my juices running together, so God, I'll give you this over here, but not this. And the reality is that partial obedience is no obedience at all. That we can't obey God. We can't compartmentalize obedience. And for that purpose, we've really created this series where over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about our compartments. We're going to talk a little bit because when we live our faith this way, this is religion, man. This is, I give God my time over here and then I'll do my thing here. And that's not what Jesus came to give us. He didn't come to give us religion that we would section off into a part of our lives. He came to show us a relationship. And a relationship, I mean, it involves it all. My relationship with my wife, I don't just give her this part and let her see. No, 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 a true relationship, man, it's everything. It's all and that's what Jesus came to show us. Today, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 to start. And if you would, open up your copy of Scripture there. Um, this is an important text for us in this series. And I think you'll understand why here in just a few moments. But as we turn there, the Apostle Paul is writing to a church in Corinth. And he's writing them a letter. And he's kind of addressing some things that this church in their faith journey um, have kind of gotten off track. And he begins by talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, it's really important for you to understand that when Jesus was alive and he ministered on this earth and he lived a sinless life and he died on the cross for our sins, he paid the price for our sins and so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be in a right relationship with God. And he was buried, but three days later, he didn't stay dead, he rose from the dead. That's what we believe in faith that Jesus did for us. And he eventually, he ascended back into heaven at the right hand of the Father. But when he did that, Jesus uh, left his spirit. He gave the gift of his spirit to all believers. And we believe in faith. That, that's what we have. We just sang that song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And when we're singing that, what we're acknowledging is that the power of God, the presence of God, it's no longer in a place. We don't have to go to church to experience his presence. We can and we do, but God's presence can live in us, in us. And so what we're about to read in 1 Corinthians 2 is Paul reminding this church in Corinth, they've gotten off track and they've forgotten the power of God's spirit. And everything that we're about to read is going to have everything to do with our idea that we cannot compartmentalize obedience. And so read along with me. I'm going to start reading here in verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 2. It's on the screen behind me. But this is God's word for us today. It says this, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Verse 15. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. And then in verse 16, Paul is going to do something. He's going to, he's going to bring back some Old Testament scripture. He's going, to, he's going to ask a question that some believers in the church would be familiar with because it's from the Old Testament. And he's going to ask the question, but then he's going to answer it. Uh, form. So look at verse uh, 16. It says, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Who, who has known the mind of the Lord? And then look at the end of verse 16. But we have, Paul says, the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. 
Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, this passage is so important as we begin this series because he's talking about two different kinds of people. And to help us illustrate that and to help us kind of visualize what Paul's saying, I have two volunteers that are coming. They know who they are. We're not the kind of church that just says, hey, you back there, come up. So everyone relax, okay? So I I have two volunteers that are coming forward now. Give them a hand because they're showing a lot of courage coming up on stage. Now, I know both of these young ladies, and they're really awesome, but I want them to introduce themselves. And so um, tell us your name. Uh, My name is Courtney. Applaud for Courtney. Good job. This is starting to feel like a game show, I understand. Uh, Tell us your name. Grace. Applaud for Grace. Wonderful. Okay. (laughs) Trying all week to uh, explain to them what exactly I wanted them to do, and they still had the courage to come up here. So really grateful for you. Okay. So I I, want to look back. If you have your copy of Scripture, I want you to look again. We're talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and two specific kinds of people. The first, in verse 15, we'll come back to 14 in a minute, but in verse 15, Paul introduces a person, a person that is obedient to the Spirit of God. And in the New Testament was written in Greek, and the Greek word that Paul uses there is pneuma. It's a really cool word. You, you should say it right now out loud, pneuma. Didn't that feel good? Okay, um, pneuma. And so it's there on the screen, and uh, Courtney's going to help me this morning kind of represent the pneuma, okay? So if you could slip that on over, it's very fashionable. It'll be great. And uh, I want you to understand something about what Paul's saying about the person who, who living in step with the Spirit, in step with the pneuma. This person is uh, perceptive. This person is sensitive to the Spirit. They're obedient to the Spirit. That this person, well done, it's good. Uh, they're conscious. But, but this person living in step with the Spirit is not just conscious and aware of the things that they see around them, the visible things, the tangible things. The person, according to Paul in verse 15, that's in step with the Spirit, they're aware of things that you cannot even see, uh, things in, in the spiritual realm. Why? Because they're in step with the Spirit of God living and working and moving through them. And that's the person living according to to Numa, the Spirit of God. It's beyond what we see here. It's beyond the here and now, what we can see and what we can touch. It's living according to God's Spirit. But there's another person we see in the Scripture here. If you back up to verse 14, this is not the person living according to Numa. This is someone living very differently. And the Greek word for this is really fun to say. It's suke. Turn to your neighbor and say suke. You'll be glad you did. Felt good, didn't it? Suke. Some of you, you'll pull that out midweek, and you'll be like, that's a fun word, suke. I've been saying it all week to make sure I said it right. And so, uh, Grace, uh, you got this shirt. If you could slip that on for us. This is the suke. And so what Paul is saying is, again, he's contrasting two different kinds of people. The one, in verse 15, this is the person living in step with the Holy Spirit, that they've received God's Spirit, and they're obedient to God's Spirit in their life. And it's impacting uh, every area of their life. But the other person in verse 14 does not walk in step with the Spirit of God. They're walking in step with with the suke. And suke uh, literally means, in this translation, the appetites, the physical desires, the here and now. Understand, this person over here is operating, they're not ignoring the physical, but they're understanding and perceiving and in step with something beyond what is here right in front of them. But the person over here, they're not, they're living for here and now. Every living thing has suke, has appetites, but not every living thing has the pneuma because they're walking in step with the Spirit of God. And Paul says in verse 14 that the person living according to suke 
can't understand the things of God. They're foolishness to that person. Foolishness. And, and it makes sense. Why does that make sense? Because if you're living only for the appetites of today, if you're living only for the here and now, only for the things that you can touch and to make yourself happy in this moment, then there's godly principles that you'll never be able to quite understand. How can you, if, if you're obsessed with living for today and for now and in the moment and accumulating stuff, and how can you understand the principle of generosity? How, if you're obsessed with just satisfying the desires of now, do whatever I can to make myself happy now, how is it that you can understand a godly principle of purity of heart and mind? Those things are foolishness to the person living according to suke. But then, in verse 16, Paul says it's not just, that the difference is not just that one is walking in step with the Spirit, one is not, but look at verse 16 again. Paul suggests when we walk in step with the Spirit, we have access to the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Literally, that word mind, it means the perceiver, and that, that because of that, the mind of Christ means that we have access to sharing in Christ's plan, purpose, and perspective. The plan, purpose, and perspective of Christ can be in our, in our mind. And this person living according to the Spirit has access even to the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ makes all the difference. The mind of Christ is what prevents us from living compartmentalized obedience to God. All right, you guys are done. You can go. Give him a hand. Good job. You can keep the shirt for now. I'll get it later. It takes a lot of courage to stand up here. I just want you to wear a shirt on stage for five minutes. What? Thanks. Appreciate that. Hey, I want to look at one more scripture today. I want you to understand the power of your mind, the power, the transforming power that begins in our mind. As Again, we're talking about uh, moving from partial obedience to complete obedience to God, and I want you to understand the importance of our mind. And so if you would uh, turn with me just a few pages over to Romans 8. This is the same author. This is the same guy, Paul, writing a few years later to a different church. And you'll see that this idea of the mind of Christ was not a one-hit wonder. It was not a one-time thing. This is something time and time again he's going to talk about the importance of our mind. And, and I could this morning just give you a barrage of Scripture, a barrage of different uh, points that are really, really good. I'm just going to give you one. And if you'd like, uh, if you're a version Bible app reader, we have an event set up today. Look it up, man. There's lots of Scripture there that we've included that we're not going to cover this morning that dives deep into this idea of the mind of Christ. But today I want to close by looking at Romans chapter 8. And just a few verses again, starting with verse 5, I want you again not to miss the power, the transforming power, importance of the mind. Look at what Paul says as he writes to a different church in a different context, but man, it sounds very similar, doesn't it? Verse 5 of chapter 8, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Literally, if you were to translate that in the Greek, that idea, that word of the mind, it's an action word. It literally means to exercise your mind towards. So, so what it's really saying there in verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have exercised their minds toward what the flesh desires. And then those who live in accordance with the Spirit have exercised their mind, have set their mind on what the Spirit desires. Verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death. 
But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. But those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. And so for a minute, if you're tempted to believe that this is a little overblown, this idea of of the importance of our mind, the mind of Christ, consider for a minute what Paul says in Romans 8, that if we are walking in step with the Spirit, I mean, good things are happening, but if we are walking in step, if we are exercising our minds towards things of the flesh, then consider what Paul says. He's saying in verse 6, that leads to death. That leads to death. Not just spiritual death one day separated from God. In your life now, death and destruction are evident when we have our mind set according to the flesh. That's what happens when when our mind is governed by the flesh, by by the appetites, by the things of this world, by the here and now. When we allow that to rule our minds, man, it leads to death. And you know, I don't even have to tell you that because if you think about it, you can think of times, you can think of examples, maybe in your own life, maybe in the life of others where you've seen the destruction, the chaos, the sin, the brokenness of someone whose mind is governed by things of the flesh. It leads to death. But next he says, it, it, it's not only that, but in verse 7, it's hostile to God. If you live that way, you're actually an enemy of God. You're living in direct opposition of what his will is for your life. And I, I don't want to have any enemies, but man, I don't want to be an enemy of God. I don't want to live hostile to God. But finally, in verse 8, you cannot please God. You can't please God when your mind is governed by the here and now, the appetites, the desires of today. If that is what's ruling your mind, if that is what's leading and guiding every decision you make, it is impossible for you to please God. So yeah, this is important stuff. Yeah, it's appropriate that we begin a series on complete obedience by talking about the importance of your mind. As we prepare to close in just a minute, everything I've said, all good stuff, I I think is really about three important statements. And I'm a writer-downer, that's not a real word, but I I like to write things down sometimes, especially when there's a lot of information, it helps me kind of remember what is the most important thing. Some of us in the room, you you might want to write this down, it's helping me. It's helping me uh, transform from this kind of a life to a life of complete obedience to God. And the first statement is this, is that I I want you to know today that my thoughts are powerful. Not just my thoughts, not that, oh, Adrian's thoughts are powerful. No, no, no. Your thoughts. Read it for you. (laughs) Read it out loud. My thoughts are powerful, right? I want you to know that today, that your thoughts are powerful, are powerful. And I I know for a minute we can get a little bit like, oh, what is this? Is this kind of weird Jedi mind tricks? No, no, no. I want you to think about for a minute, and I want you to understand the power that your thoughts have. That literally, the thoughts that you think drive how you live. Some of you, you showed up here today and the way that you're living your life, the way you're going about things, it's because of the way that you have programmed your mind to think, the the things that you have set your mind upon. And it immediately impacts the way that you live. But not just that. Think about this, the power of our thoughts, that it impacts what you think about yourself. 
Some of you, you showed up here today and all you can hear, I mean, we're worshiping and we're reading God's word and all you can hear louder than anything are the thoughts in your mind about yourself. How unworthy you are, how unlovable you are, how broken you are, how messed up you are. Whatever it is, the thoughts in your mind are loud, louder than anything else and it impacts your thoughts are powerful. It impacts not just what you think about you, it impacts what you think about others. I mean, there's some of us in the room today, we have to be honest that we, we struggle with thoughts about other people who live in our neighborhood or students who go to your school or on your campus or the cubicle next door, right? The thoughts that we have about others. Why? Because it's, it's our thoughts are powerful. And we believe that they're, oh, they're entitled and they don't know, oh, that person isn't that, right? Uh, time and time again, the thoughts playing in our mind impact what we think and believe about others. And ultimately, our thoughts impact what we think and believe about God. I can preach till I'm blue in the face about the truth of God's word, but in your mind, if you've convinced yourself that God is just an angry God up there in the sky waiting to smite you, or God is demanding justice and, and, and all he wants is you have to prove yourself time and time. It doesn't matter what I speak to you from God's word. If in your mind you've convinced yourself time and time again what God is, who he is, it's powerful. It impacts everything about us. Some of us in the room, we can't sing about God's love. We don't believe that we're lovable. Some of us, we can't understand the power of grace. Because we think we have to earn it. We have to work hard enough to earn it. You see what I'm saying? Our, our thoughts are powerful. Today, we, we have to stop and acknowledge how, how critical that a mind controlled by our humanness, by our flesh, leads to death. And some of us today, if we were honest, our minds are, are being controlled or being governed by things of the world, by, by desires of the here and now and in our lives. Maybe people can't see it, but within it's leading to death and destruction. Why? Because my thoughts are powerful. But I have good news for you today. We've already read it. We've already heard it. I just don't want you to forget that the good news is that God's thoughts can become my thoughts. Now, for some of you, if this is the first time you've been here, the first time you've showed up in church, you don't know anything about Jesus, you know, uh, this concept is kind of weird. <laughs> I understand that. Sometimes it's okay to step back and say, wow, that's weird. You, wait, wait, Adrian, you mean to tell me that the God of the universe, the God who, who, who you say created me, the God who is making my heart beat in my chest, who gave me air to breathe in my lungs, the God that made the sun rise and he'll make it set later today, the, the, the God who knows the number of hairs on my head, you mean that I can have his thoughts in my brain? Yeah. It's powerful. It's supernatural, right? Because when we live according to the suke, we just live according to the natural, the here and now, the desires. But according to the Spirit of God, the pneuma, right? When we live in step with the Spirit, then Paul says we have access to the mind of Christ. And because of that, God's thoughts can be my thoughts, and my thoughts can be God's thoughts. That because we believe, we actually believe that the Spirit of God can live in us, that when you walk into that situation tomorrow and on your own, you have no idea what to do, man, the mind of Christ can be within you, and, and you can say, wow, I, I, I didn't know why I knew to do this, but I did it. <laughs> or or I, I used to, I used to not be passionate about this, but I am now. I used to not care about that person, but I do now. Why? It's, it's the mind of Christ. 
working in, within us, leading us, guiding us, giving us wisdom. And I've just got to tell you, if I could choose living my life based on my wisdom alone, or if I could have access to the wisdom of the God of the universe, man, put me on that team. <laughs> That's how I want to live my life. And I'm here to tell you today, man, I, I can't totally explain it in human terms, but we're talking about living according to the Spirit Man, and that's beyond what we can see. There's faith involved here, but by faith, through the power of his spirit, you and I can have access to the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ, that's a game changer. <laughs> I mean, that's a game changer. Because when I'm living here, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to focus on, but when I give access, my mind, when I set my heart and my mind on the spirit of God and give him get full control of my life, and I begin to have the mind of Christ, and man, the juices are going into every compartment, right? Because God is helping me not just see things in sections, but to see the whole, and I, I begin to love him with all, because his thoughts are my thoughts. What a beautiful way, a powerful way to live. Finally, I, I want you to know this. I want you to leave today with hope. I want you to know that true transformation begins not by acting differently, but by thinking differently. Now again, some of you are like, oh, this is semantics. This is, no, 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 listen to me. Some of us showed up here today, and all you believe about God, all you believe about the church is they just want you to act better, behave you know, whatever it is in your mind that you have about what God thinks about you, I better stop doing this, I better not say that word as much, I better not do this, right? It's all about our behaviors, and man, God cares about how we act, okay? But I'm here to tell you that true transformation, to move to a place of complete obedience in our life, it doesn't begin by focusing on all this stuff out here, it begins by focusing right here in our mind. Lord, help me to think differently. Some of us are so focused on acting differently, but we haven't allowed God to change our mind, to change our heart. And so we can't truly be obedient. We can't live lives of complete obedience until we allow him to help us think differently. I want you to know today that there is power through his spirit. There is power available in your life today that there is hope and there is victory in your life that is available through the mind of Christ. <laughs> that there is no thought too broken, there is no past too dark, there is no future too uncertain, that the mind of Christ cannot give you power and victory and freedom. And it's available to everyone today. If we ask, if we receive, if we choose to walk in step, not with the suke, <laughs> the here and the now and the appetites and the flesh, but... Instead, walk in obedience to the Spirit. And today, I believe the first step, maybe the most important step, to living a life of complete obedience to God, saying, God, I, I want to live in step with your Spirit. I want the mind of Christ. I want your thoughts to be my thoughts because I believe true transformation begins not by acting differently, Lord, but by thinking differently. So, Lord, would you come today and would you help me to begin to think and see how you would have me see around me. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we prepare to close? And I, I want to pray, but I hope it's okay today. I, I want to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you, but I just want to make sure this morning, as I'm preaching, as I'm sharing with you, I feel like the Lord is convicting me, and I want to make sure 
that everything I'm telling you today is true in my own heart. I don't want to ask you to do something today that I'm not willing to do. So I just sense in this moment that it would be okay for us to be quiet, to be still, to sometimes we close our eyes. Why do we do that? It just helps us to focus on God and not the things of this world, the the things around us. And so if you would like this morning, just close your eyes for a minute to just focus. Focus on God who is here. His presence is here. His spirit is here. And there might be somebody in the room today that maybe for the first time would just say, God, I... I want your spirit to live in me. I don't want to quench your spirit is what the Apostle Paul would say. I, I don't want to live disobedient to your spirit. I, I want to walk in step with you. I, I want the pneuma, the spirit of God, to lead me and to guide me and to direct me. So Lord, today, there's some in the room I just believe in faith. They're saying, God, I've been guided by my own thoughts long enough. I've been guided by my own desire, by the suke, the appetites of this world long enough. Today, I want to be guided by your spirit. I I want you to come. I want you to help me think differently, Lord. Think differently about myself. Think differently about those around me. Oh, Lord, give me the mind of Christ so that I can understand who you are. I believe it changes everything. Lord, I, I pray today for your children. I pray for me, Lord. I, I just, I don't want to live a life. I, there is no such thing as partial obedience to you. And Lord, forgive me when so many times it's easier to section off. When, when I don't want my God life to interfere with my neighbors. And I don't want my God life to interfere with my personal time. And I don't, Lord, today I just choose to walk in step with your spirit. I pray in faith that you'd give me the mind of Christ. Lord, I pray for the most broken person in the room today, the most hopeless person, the person that feels like they have no business even showing up today, being in the room. I pray today they would know there is hope for their life, there is victory in their brokenness because of your spirit that's alive and moving and working in us. We receive your spirit. We say, yes, Lord, come in, live in me, walk with me, Show me, lead me, guide me, give me the mind of Christ. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you again so much for listening today. Email us at info at for any questions about our church. We have two gatherings every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and a third gathering at 11.45 in Spanish. Celebrate Recovery also meets here each and every Monday night at 6 p.m. We're at 1871 Boyers Road in Rockingham, Virginia, and we would love for you to join us. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.